0: And welcome to Pints and Politics. Pints and Politics is a weekly discussion program of all things political coming to you through the facilities of Trent Radio F in Peterborough, Ontario, 92.7 FM on your dial. My name is Bill Templeman. In addition to this radio show, Pints and Politics is streamed live from the Trent Radio website. We also have a podcast at Pints and Politics. The podcast of tonight's show is usually uploaded by the following day at noon. And every Thursday, a small crew of local pundits gathers at the Garnet Pub, Aylmer and Hunter here in Peterborough, at five p.m. for an informal gathering. Where at we talk about politics at all levels. All are welcome. Please join us. We post on Twitter at Bill Temp and on the Cooperate Peterborough Facebook page. Joining me tonight in the studio is our panel to talk about downtown Peterborough. It's Arms, its strengths, its failures, and the things that need to improve. First of all, we have artist and board chair of Art Space, that's Peterborough's artist-run center on Aylmer, Jeff Macklin. We have advocate and newly elected city councillor for Town Ward, Kemi Akapo. Oh, By the way, congratulations, Kemi. This Thank is first chance. And musician and former city councillor and executive director of the downtown business improvement area, otherwise known as the DBIA, Terry Guile. Welcome Bill. all. Welcome. Thank you. So uh, in, in sending out uh, the preparatory note for tonight's program, uh, I listed a bunch of questions that we might touch on, and, and Terry, you replied that, do we have 10 hours? <laughs> and, and so I say that simply to prepare us for the fact that there are some things we're going to touch on that we don't have time to go, to give the depth, to go into in the depth that they deserve. However, all that being said, off the top, what's right about downtown Peterborough? What, what's working well? What do we proudly show off? to visitors. I mean, Kemi, I know your parents were in town for election night and uh, you showed them around. Uh, What attracts people to downtown? Why should we, what should we be able to uh, make sure we preserve and maintain or grow?
1: Any thoughts? Wow. What should we preserve about downtown. Uh, there's a lot of things about downtown that I really like that I think are working. One, I think it's a beautiful space, uh, just visually speaking. Just uh, There's a lot of heritage buildings that are there. And just visually speaking, it's an attractive place to be. Uh, it's got sort of like the residential spaces. It's got the you know, Hunter Street, the Cafe District, and George Street as well. And then it's also, it's one of my favorite things about the downtown is our proximity to water. Um, like, how many downtowns can you walk in that have, like, a river that's literally flowing through it? And having so many businesses close to that river so that you can go through it and access it. Also, just the feel of downtown, um, it, f- it has a different feel from the rest of the city, uh, and I appreciate that sometimes when I, you know, occasionally I do leave downtown, um, but when <laughs> I, when I return, it's a nice feeling of like, okay, these are my people, this is like my home. <laughs> yeah, but right. I'll, I'll let the others answer. Gentlemen.
2: Uh, I would just say that all you need to do is, um, this is fo- follow people like Carol Lawless on Instagram, and you'll see the beauty of Peter Rose downtown. Um, the historical buildings um, are the foundation of the mm-hmm. downtown, and and uh, to preserve those and to keep those going and have li- livable and lively things go- happening in them is a big benefit.
3: Well, you know, I'd concur definitely that this is Terry. <laughs> <laughs> With, with my friends here, at the, you know, the, the, the heritage, Absolutely. But I'll, I'll go out on, I'll go on on a different limb here talking about preserving, uh, the culture that downtown is known for. It's arts culture and entertainment Mm. culture. I'm really, I can't believe, Jeff, you didn't jump on that one. Sorry. (laughs) But, um, you know, we are definitely, uh, the center for entertainment in the region. And, uh, you know, a who's who of musicians and artists, uh, hone their skills in our downtown's, uh, bars and, and patios and pubs. And you know how much the spill meant to us, uh, as mm-hmm. a community. I remember as a young musician, uh, in a punk band, uh, that I, I, couldn't get any, uh, gig, but the underdog underneath the, underneath <laughs> the red dog was my spot. So they're, they're important for growth in that, for the arts. To, you have to have venues that'll allow people to learn and you have to have venues for the experts to play on as well. I think uh, downtown Peterborough does that well on any given night. I've had colleagues uh, uh, come from – I just recently had uh, uh, John Carew, who's who's the uh, executive uh, director of TABIA, which is Toronto Associate of – association of BIAs. He represents over 80 BIAs in Toronto. Wow. And he. we walked around downtown. He couldn't believe how beautiful it was and how vibrant it was. And, and he was in on a Tuesday night. <laughs> and and we were walking around. He says, I can't believe it. There's entertainment here. There's entertainment there. There, there were mm-hmm. about four or five places on a Tuesday night with live entertainment. And uh,
2: That being said, we have about 40% less space than we did a year and a half ago. So spaces Thanks, are at a premium. You see Things moving out of the downtown to Sadler House. Um, home shows are on the rise, just mm-hmm. because we are. We, we we did have such a rich, but we've really lost three venues in the last year and a half.
3: Yeah, and you know, and I'm uh, you know it comes and goes though over over the years. I I think you know I remember back when I was first playing, there was only like three or four places to play. You know, remember Chaos Cafe and Jokers? And, well, yeah. And, uh, we're
0: having some <laughs> historical references here. Yeah.
3: But, you know, it's the, the bottom line is we still were, we are the center, of course, not just for entertainment, I think. And, and I'm including Showplace and Market Hall in, in that as well, of course. Uh, great regional draws. But hundred restaurants. A hundred restaurants. You know, somebody yeah. challenged
0: me on social yeah. media
3: on that once. Yeah. One
0: hundred
2: restaurants?
3: Uh, hundred restaurants and places to eat. So I'm including cafes that offer food as wow. well it 's actually like one hundred and ten, and I sat down and I wrote them all out because I was challenged somebody couldn 't believe that and, and, and that 's extraordinary. I mean, if you go you know to my friends in Lindsay with all due respect to Lindsay, I mean there might be four or five places to eat yes, that's right. and they 've got a beautiful downtown, but we are so blessed to have uh, to have the culinary expertise uh, and choices. That, mm-hmm. that that we have. I remember back when we just had one curry restaurant, one Chinese restaurant, and that was our our diverse culinary experience. And now, wow!
1: Thank no. God those days have changed. I said, "Thank goodness those days have sure, changed."
3: Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. thank God for cosmic changes.
1: <laughs> no, and how
0: how can? And when I say how can we, I guess I mean we, the community, we, uh, the new city council, since some of the city council is present this evening, (laughs) the new city council. uh, How can the community and city council respond to those inevitable pressures of... um, gentrification rents go up real estate values go up Uh, and then these lovely old buildings that are a bit run down on the inside that rent cheap to artists suddenly they they're being renovated for for condos we're just seeing that little bit of that fortunately we have some progressive developers in town uh, you know ashburnham realty etc paul bennett but how can we prevent that inevitable syndrome that's, for example, taken over
2: Yorkville in Toronto. I mean, Terry. Hamilton's going through it right now. Uh, where, you know, we're losing, they're losing spaces because uh, buildings are more valuable for high rise condominiums where we don't really have the high rise problem. But what do we do when, you know, artists are displaced uh, mm-hmm. because of uh, renovations or, uh, you know, ways to maximize your floor space? so we have to always be conscious that uh something comes in and and uh, and becomes a place to live but it pushes artists maybe into the street or to other places
0: yeah no, i mean i i am ashamed to admit but i will admit that i I'm old enough to remember the old Yorkville, and I used to live on Hazleton, and I remember the Purple Onion, and it was sort of an artist community, I was working in a hospital at the time, but uh, it was sort of funky, there were lots of different venues, for, for certainly for music, uh, there were local artists in small galleries, and now... Yorkville is this venue where the Rolling Stones say when they come to town in you know multimillion dollar hotels it's a yeah. another another economic class has moved in there and of mm-hmm. course generated huge value. but what happened to those people who were living there when I was in yorkville
2: and that's the mm-hmm. thing about the commerce building I mean, you know that mm-hmm. we seem to have a landlord there that's appreciative of what's going on in the space we see some renovations, but what t- tips the scale to the point where it it pushes artists out, out of the space. So we're, we're at a kind of a precipice of, of things that are could, could happen in the next five years. So we have to be really careful. And the city council has to be really cognizant of those art, precious artist spaces, because uh, when they go away, then the whole dynamic of the town changes because mm-hmm. the arts and culture gets pushed out.
1: Yeah, I think it's all about planning, right? Um, we had, you know, we're in the middle of an official plan right now. But yeah, definitely planning I mean, I think gentrification in some respects is ine- inevitable, but how do we do that in such a way that it doesn't push away, you know, artists, but also folks who are living downtown who can't really afford to live elsewhere and then are, you know, pushed out to the suburbs. It makes it even more difficult. Uh, But I, you know, I am really grateful for developers who do have a good understanding of, okay, well, this is important. I I need to maintain it. But I also want to build other spaces elsewhere that will generate some money. I think, I think part of that too, also has to, is beyond one city council, but it's a shift in mentality um, of what is important. And that, I mean, that in itself would, is sort of like a a global thing I think where the mentality needs to shift that it's not all about the bottom line and it's about creating creating livable, beautiful spaces that we all sort of can live in in harmony. Which sounds like really like la-la land, but I do... <laughs> can, like, can a city
2: council um, work with developers to create the circumstance that they can create affordable housing and, and I think affordable so. spaces for artists and as well as make, you know, the money they need to make to run I, their business? I
1: think so. I think it's been done before and I think I think it's, it's challenging to do do so and there will need to be a lot of incentives provided to the developers to do so and sometimes cities don't have those that money in their coffers but I do think it's possible I,
3: I, you know I there's not much I could add from from what you both said there other than it, it not just it, affordable but it could be profitable if done yes. right you could build mm. co-ops that actually generate and, and and are and are profitable and mm. aren't Will never be seen as like an affordable situation. No, we right. see we mm. see it in European situations yeah. all the time as an asset and it's and, and and as a draw. Whether that, I mean, we were talking about that recently with newly elect uh, Di, uh, Di, Diane, uh, mm-hmm. um, Mayor Terian, and and that was about we were looking at the, one of the rundown buildings, which is a, a three-hour conversation right now in the downtown beside the CIBC, the old,
1: yes, the old, uh, the old, the shoppers. old shoppers, market. Mm-hmm. yeah.
3: And we, we could talk about that for a bit as well, absentee landlord situation. And, but anyway, that, that aside, we were talking about a building like that, just like we did, like, like was done with the innovation cluster. Why can't mm-hmm. we have a collection of, of, of artists, a collective, and, and a building dedicated to them? And, and I, I see a, a real positive in a situation like that where we could actually build like a – kind of a small shopping mall that's dedicated to local
2: art and artists and affordable spaces. I think that we've seen that in bigger spaces. They just opened a new space on the Lakeshore in Toronto where it's like an innovation cluster for entrepreneurs, but for artists so they can build their practice up and, mm. you know, and have the space and the, the tools and the things they need. And that's not doesn't exist in our city right now, but hopefully that's something that could happen.
1: Do you know what it's called? I will find out for okay, it. Okay, because I want to look it up. Okay. Now,
0: how easy or difficult is it to run a bricks and mortar business downtown? What are the barriers? In other words, what what could our uh, city council do to remove these barriers? What do you hope our newly elected council will do to make it easier to do business downtown? Well, <laughs>
3: I feel
1: like I was here for people to talk
0: to. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
3: no. Well, I, you know, I, I think we can make things quicker and licenses uh, and uh, zoning easier for, uh, you know, to get permits and that. Now, the city has done a, a great job this year they've added a a link on their website called
1: uh, biz biz map or biz
3: B- uh, biz something i should shoot. i always struggle yeah because there's so many biz uh, yeah. acronyms right. um, but uh, uh, i think it's biz pal or something yes it is yeah it is so it's on the city website so basically you can go on there it's like a one-stop shop and you you just type in your business so hair salon or bar or whatever, and and it comes up with all the uh, permits that you need and where to get all those permits and the cost of all those permits and not only that, but Peterborough Economic uh, Development mm-hmm. will help you guide you through those, okay. so they're there to help just not enough alone. So things like that are good, I, I think we need to, you know, just cut red tape just make things quicker, like it shouldn't take you know, four months to get a liquor license, allow, allow business mm-hmm. to open, go through a quick process and let's get on with it, and again with uh, With uh, repurposing buildings in that and and let 's cut the, these these long extended periods of time down and and get places redone uh, quicker, but I think and, and this this will be my pitch to kemi, but I know she 'll totally <laughs> agree with me one hundred and ten percent because she 's very progressive and she 's extremely intelligent the The city I think really needs to support more small businesses businesses by doing doing things that we all talk about but we talk about them like they're not going to help small business but they will improve transit get people moving in and out of the downtown not just shoppers or or tourists but let's get the workers in the downtown quicker and easier and more efficient uh so we don't need more and more parking what we need is better transit better uh, bus routes bike lanes and prop proper updated gateway navigations. So that that signage that points to the downtown for tourists and for people navigating to the city. So I think we can do that. I think we can make it certainly uh, help with more accessibility upgrades and improvement to the CIP, Central Improvement Plan funding. We need incentive funding to help with things like accessibility and fire code compliance. So, And, and if we continue to make downtown uh, safe, uh both uh, both perceptional and both real and maintain its cleanliness uh, th- then I think those will help a long way to the small business community
0: right now I have heard and I, I'm sure all of us have heard the naysayers not three weeks ago I met an individual who said well you know I I don't go downtown.
1: Mm-hmm. We don't want them then. No, no, no. We no, do. No, no, no. <laughs> but
0: there's this perception, and during the election campaign, yeah, uh, yeah I definitely so,
1: heard that at the door. Sure.
0: One yeah. of the one of the uh, candidates I interviewed said. Uh, and I thought it was quite an insight. And it and, uh, said, you know, we don't need more police downtown. We need more patios. We need more citizens. We mm-hmm. need more activity. What's your take on that?
2: Well, I can say that during the election, a certain candidate who didn't win talked about the downtown and used the term nobody wants to go downtown more often than not. So I think that's a mixed message even to use that term. We have to mm-hmm. stop saying that. In any way whatsoever form, we mm. have to uh, talk about all the benefits of downtown and try to break that perception somehow,
1: yeah uh, so well, it's something because when I was at the doors and people would say that to you know, to me, I would ask them, I was like, what would make you feel safer downtown? And quite quite frankly, a lot of people didn't have a response. They were just like, well, I don't know. It's just this feeling that I have. And I said, well, I don't think it's more police. I definitely don't think more policing definitely makes a place safer. I don't think cameras necessarily make a place safer because they're not preventative. They're just more after the fact, I think having more people downtown would help, you know, because I think people tend to feel safer when there's more people around. But I, I do agree. I think we need to stop perpetuating this negative stereotype that downtown is an unsafe place. And we need to, not that we don't, we need to ignore people saying that it's an issue, but we need to stop talking about it that way, but rather promote the positives of what it is downtown. I, you know, I'm a young female and I live downtown and I love downtown and I, I feel fairly safe walking around most of the time. Um, Even like late at night, I walked here late at night and it's dark, but we do need to address people's concerns, but in a way that's um, not punitive to other people, but in a way that's more like bringing people in as opposed to pushing people out so that other people feel comfortable.
2: Is there a cultural divide? Is there a downtown people and a not downtown people? I I hear that people (laughs) say that there's like a West End Mm. divide, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we break that? Because that's just people's routines or whatever, mm-hmm. their built-in makeup doesn't allow them to go downtown.
0: Anymore. Well, the DPIA so, puts on a number of great events. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean,
2: like, They must be
3: can attending we, those. Kemi yeah. touched on that, like get people downtown, you know, not, you know not, not standing up to have a PCVS continue on as a school didn't help. We, no, you know, it didn't. Um, no and you know we we need to do all we can to I mean having a young generation uh, interplaying with the downtown you know my daughter went to PCDS. walking downtown and walking past a panhandler does not bother her an urban environment does not bother her she knows it's safe and, and comfortable because uh, she grew up in that so so the mm. the, the loss of a school is, is 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 like like pcs is a big thing but I will say it's bringing people downtown so we have uh, in the last Last five years since I've been with the DBI, we exponentially have increased the amount of events. uh, From Mm -hmm. we've added uh, Pulse, we've added live and local lunches, we've added Big Band Day, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, on and on and on. And it's to bring more people to the downtown. We've also enticing them with free Wi-Fi in the downtown, which is really uh, essential for students from Trenton Fleming. How can we get a campus downtown? Well, we've been we've been been fighting for that forever. Yeah, that would be great. And uh, they're, 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 they, uh, I think uh, Dr. grork locks the door
2: whenever he sees me walk on campus. <laughs> oh, here comes Guile again. But you see other places, even this, the university that he came yeah. from, they have campuses wow. now in mm-hmm. uh, the neighboring towns, right? Where yeah. In the downtown of... Um, Brantford has a, has a campus. Does it really? One of the universities. Oh, wow. Waterloo. Well, mm-hmm. I think that the city also missed its chance of having an
3: art, uh, uh, sorry, um, a museum hub in the downtown with the Art Gallery Canoe Museum and yes. that. We missed that opportunity. We mm. fought the DBI. We fought hard to make sure those facilities were kind of in centralized in the downtown because we, we believe in the synergies. I know
2: some people might not believe. Uh, uh, follow me on that. But but there's something a huge benefit when you go to Toronto, and I realize it's an expensive city, mm-hmm. but you can walk from the ROM to the AGO. You can walk to the yes. Ripley's yes. Aquarium. You mm-hmm. can, that's where people look for those attractions. Right, but We're yeah. definitely putting our money where our mouth is. The DBI. I mean, we 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 got this
3: incredible vibrancy program where, yeah. where um, the, the C- can you tell us? Yeah. A bit mm-hmm. about, so so this year we put around eighty-seven thousand dollars towards our what we call a downtime vibrancy program every year and we're partnering with a uh, uh green up which is a wonderful organization see we're more about partnerships now that's how you can leverage funding and 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 get grassroots support for projects just don't go mm-hmm. ahead and start doing stuff sit down with with people and and uh and actually ask the community what what it wants so we uh we reached out to do this uh, vibrancy program so so you know down by no frills along the uh, millennium park trail east east of there we took this road to nowhere and we depaved it. And now if you go down there, you'll see it's ready. It's got some plantings in there. And we're spreading some soil. And we're going to make a, a beautiful uh, kind of uh, a public space there. And we're, we've got these projects coming. Wait to see what we've got planned for uh, next year. And, right. again, it's, it, it, I think we've got, we're going to have two, maybe three projects on the go And we're just working our butt off to to create nice spaces for people to come and enjoy. So that's one thing that we did. And as as far as the perception issues, you know, we've also shown some great, Mm -hmm. I think, some great leadership in that. Uh, We partnered, again, Partnerships Work, with the uh, Warming Room. And we launched uh, this year uh, the One City uh, Peterborough Mm -hmm. uh, uh, group, which we have a clean team. That goes out and micro-cleans the downtown, and they are they come from uh, the warming room, uh, helps uh, facilitate a group of people that are kind of challenged with, with job opportunities. And, and how's that working? Phenomenal. Great. It's the best thing I think mm-hmm. I've ever been involved in. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they love what they do. So instead of somebody yelling at them 30 times a day saying, get an effing job, they're going up and saying, wonderful job. Right. Uh, because they're 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 really helping clean the downtown, and they love it, and they're learning some skills. And but but also part of the one city uh, project uh, is we have outreach workers, and so mm-hmm. again it's better. Kemi, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned about police officers, and uh, a yeah. lot of people get get triggered when they see a uniform. A lot of, a mm-hmm. lot of people who are marginalized mm-hmm. are on the street. But, I get
2: triggered when I see a uniform. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, yeah, a lot of people mm-hmm. do. Yeah, well, okay. I, I, I do. I'm a little heavy on the on the foot pedal on my vehicle, so I. I I, 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 see them a lot it's
1: actually. A different kind of trigger though.
3: Different. <laughs> yeah, I, I, got the deserved trigger. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they, but we, so we have these wonderful outreach workers who are, who, who know the people's names, know whether it's mm-hmm. just off the med that week or, 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 or what, what have you. And they're able to deescalate or, or resolve issues in the downtown. And, and when we ran that pilot program for four months, we saw a dramatic uh, decrease in, in, in issues or, or complaints or calls to the office. It really worked well. And and let's let's face it, when you have an outreach worker uh working just above uh uh you know for, for twenty odd bucks an hour as opposed to a police officer at sixty eight dollars an hour, it's great savings to the city it is, to have yeah. to yeah. have somebody who knows the knows the person who can de escalate it in a, a non punitive uh way. Okay. And and I think that saves a taxpayer. And-
1: just to jump on that, one thing I was gonna say, uh, particularly to folks who are like, "Oh, I'm too scared to go downtown," and you know, and I never go. It's well, if you never go, you'll you'll never get to know it. And one thing that really helped me to feel even safer was was volunteering with the warming room, because through that process, I got to know a lot more people. Uh, that I would see on the streets, and then it, then it's no longer like oh it's that guy that's sitting yeah. in front of CIBC. It's like oh actually that's like Bob, uh, yeah. you know. And you know Bob sometimes like yells randomly, but it's okay. He's just that's just the way he is. Um, so I think the more you familiarize yourself with something, the less scary it can be. So
0: yeah, no, yeah. there there is something about Peterborough. There are some dynamics in this part of Ontario that are beyond the control of anyone here in town. For example, there is a lack of. Efficient services for vulnerable or at-risk people in the surrounding counties. Yes. Whereas Peterborough, we have at least some of those services Uh, so those people come to town seeking support. On the housing front, uh, current fire code regulations dictate Mm -hmm. that rental accommodations, uh, have to meet stringent and expensive safety conditions before being certified as rental properties. Some owners of historic downtown buildings would rather leave their buildings vacant than take on these renovation costs. So I, I, I've mentioned a few different dynamics. Uh, Are there, uh, what are some of the other dynamics that affect downtown that we really can't that that are not within the control of people who live here. And how do we manage those?
3: Not in control of the people that live here. I, I think I think um we can control the things in in our community it's it's how we lobby it's it's you know we we have all the levels priority of government here yeah. and yeah mm-hmm. if you know if council and if our provincial representatives and our federal representatives set those as priority based in our community then you know we can move things at 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 this level i think you know the for, as far as the our city council uh, again i go to the cips which are, is a central improvement plan the enhancements when we're looking at uh so we have this wonderful, robust program at the city that... Um I shouldn't say we but with uh, the DBI in <laughs> the city really but but uh Kemi, you have this wonderful uh, uh city I haven't been
1: plans. voted in I haven't been sworn in yet.
3: It, <laughs> it, it so 26
1: it, it, <laughs>
3: it helps with things like facade improvement grants revitalization grants and other right. financial incentives. Yeah. Now, if we if we want to further stimulate uh development in the central area including upper floor development, we do need to enhance development charge exemptions and we also have to help with fire code and accessibility code compliance. You know, it, why? Well, when you look at a second floor, for example, if you want to put an apartment up there and you need a blast, special blast-proof window with, with you know, all these protection fire things so that it doesn't explode out on the, on the escape uh, mm-hmm. uh, platform on the outside of the building – uh, I don't know the technical terms, but but we're talking twenty thousand dollars a window. So yes, I, I have business owners say to me, I can't afford it, so I'm just it's gonna stay vacant. Mm-hmm. So we need to set our priorities. And I've been trying with the city forever. As a matter of fact, before the whole casino debacle, I sat down with the city and I said, if you're gonna put the casino out of the downtown I asked them, I said, just have an incentive program for $150,000 for five or ten years that we can help our, uh, uh, our, our downtown develop the second and third floor, uh, mm-hmm. opportunities here for housing, which we desperately need, and, and also to bring up to, to, to fire co-compliance and accessibility co-compliance. They turned it down. And we, we all know the rest of the story. But um, so I, I think those are some of the things that that we need to do to, to help in that regard is Is that what you were referring to, Bill?
0: Yeah, more or less. I mean, Mm -hmm. as a sidebar, uh, you mentioned the casino. Is there any effort now to woo casino visitors into
1: come come downtown?
0: Well, Uh, you know, know,
1: have a look around. All the
0: stats
3: show that doesn't really really
1: happen. happen. People, particularly where it's located, like you get off the highway, you go to the casino, you jump back on the highway and go back there. Yeah, and it's not designed for you to leave. Yeah. Yeah. nope. Go
3: ahead. You know, Jeff mentioned... Uh, you know, very rightly, the West End. All our, st- our all our stats, all the research that we've done shows that people in the West End, you know, they're, they're, they're very, they're, they're, a lot of them are well-to-do, uh, these new subdivisions, but they don't come downtown because there's been a terrible uh, movement from council over the years to build on the peripheral. And whether it's the casino or whether it's the Costco's or whether it's the giant tigers, there has been, there, they have given no reason for the West Enders or people in the surrounding area of the downtown to come downtown. We just need to re-inspire them to come down to, to check out a play at Market Hall, to check out a concert at Showplace, to check out uh, the Black Horse Pub for a, a band. You know, we need, we need to... As best we can, show them, and we try to do that with our all our entertainment. We try to do that with mm-hmm. our sh- holiday shopping passports, which has mm-hmm. gone from three hundred thousand
2: five years ago to one point nine million. We are drawing people to the downtown wow. can, and can we, yeah, can we woo? businesses to come to the downtown? Like, we're missing, like, a few things that we miss, like mm-hmm. a general goods department store yeah. we miss, mm-hmm. even on yeah. a small scale. Is there any uh, leverage on your end to woo some of those assets to the yes. downtown? Yes, there
3: is. So, one of the things we we have done, and I think very successful, is our Win the Space contest. Right. So, through that contest, and very minimal expense to the DBI, we put 2000 bucks into this and a whole bunch of sweat equity, but we've created you know, uh, seven new businesses we've helped create in the downtown, thirty plus jobs, and and growing. We're on our third year of the program, and some of the uh, the entries that were that are coming in now are unbelievable. But I have seen a program that I would like to bring and and just just to mm-hmm. just to quantify that five years ago we had five vacancies on Water, we had five on Hunter, we had seven on Charlotte, yeah. and probably about nine on George. Now. Water Street is practically full. Hunter Street is full. Charlotte Street has two vacancies on it. And George, we still are gonna, we, after we recover from the Natas fire, mm-hmm. we, we, we'll start taking, uh, all that will start being full. Uh, there's one major big vacancy on there. That Old Shoppers Drug Mart. Right. Yeah. And I could talk for an hour about we, how, how we have tried to clean that. That's a whole other program. But, but yeah.
1: could we talk about sure. that? I mean, I, I, yeah. read, I read that article that Taylor Kleistel wrote and Peter wrote this week, and so he did a good job explaining it. But one thing that, you know, still sort of baffles me is that what sort of... What sort of leverage do, does the DBIA have? What sort of leverage does City Council have? I mean, we can throw fines at people, but if they can continue to pay those fines, really, at what point can you can we hold landlords accountable?
3: Yeah, well, the short answer is uh, little. Uh, there's no teeth in the city's bylaws, so
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, you know, every year, you know, I, I'm constantly going at the land, the property owner, mm-hmm. um, and I've offered to have artists paint his windows at my cost like the dbi will pay two thousand dollars to have an artist come in to clean that up you know just until you sell it but no he's going to open next week he's going to open but he hasn't it's, yep. you know it's been five years yep. the city says that there that uh, that quote unquote uh, uh, you're not gonna like this Kimmy, but a man's uh, business is his castle what I mean, if, if I let that's, that's, that's what they told me. Yeah. And
0: so Fortunately, they, this is not a phone-in program yeah. or else we'd be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So look, look, there there are, in, there are. they need more teeth in the bylaw that those yeah. teeth come from the province. And so they need to really work with the province. I think there's a solution, uh, Councillor, sorry, Mayor Terrian and I have been talking about a solution. We met with uh, with the city executives last week about it. And you know we need to be more creative. So, as a matter of fact, I was just talking to the History Channel, a show called mm. uh, uh, called uh, Demolition Kings, uh, who <laughs> are inter- yeah, who are interested in going into that location and uh, d- demolishing the inside of it and and re- repurposing and uh, mm. and and they would do it at their cost. So I'm trying to reach wow. out to the I'm reaching out to the owner again about a creative solution or mm-hmm. or. Or developers who might be interested in the property and saying, "Look, if you buy it,
1: right,
3: you know here this renovation cost is going to be free."
2: Okay, so, but, no. but what we need to okay. do is expropriate sure. it. And right. when you exp- we, do, we do that uh, when we have dilapidated buildings in the city, don't we? Doesn't the city expropriate? sometimes expropriate and then put it on the market?
3: Yeah. So the, there yeah. are some regulations to mm-hmm. it. Uh, in, in, to make a long story short, you have to provide a plan that is for the community betterment uh, right. to expropriate. So I think that's pretty easy well, pretty with close, this property. Right? Wow. So what yeah. the city needs okay. to do, in my opinion, throw. I'm, I'm sorry, but it's going to cost a million bucks to get that property. Uh, it's worth probably seven. Okay. So buy the property. It's got good bones. Knock it down. Make it a, make a parquet. A little par me. little parquet. Link it to the back walkway. So now you have a nice walkway in between Hunter and Simcoe. We need to clean that back way up. It's yep. heavily used. So we can have a lot of fun with it. But you need to also get
2: a little bit of property from the Bell lot behind it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. do a wonderful little the lot is
2: Through the design charrette, mm-hmm. a lot of those kinds of ideas came to the foreground where we yep. were putting in walkways that came through blocks, so yeah, that seems to jive Jackson with that creek. as well, because yeah. we want to emphasize yeah. the, bring the, the the creek to the foreground, yeah. but yep. also create these walkways that I use all the time. I give a mm-hmm. through on my bike all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, uh, Jeff, you mentioned the design charrette. This was an intriguing four-day urban design meeting, if you will, sponsored by the city in early June. At this gathering, uh, citizens mingled, mingled with city planners, senior city staff, and did a lot of blue sky thinking about what Peterborough could look like in 20 or 30 years. What do we think downtown Peterborough could really become? What would we like to see built or changed? Uh, who will be there on the streets? And what will they be doing?
2: I was really excited to be invited to take part in that, Charette. Mm-hmm. You were there as well. Yep. Were yep. you there, Terry? No, it was amazing. I felt uh, uh, coming at it from an arts perspective right. and then being able to talk to people like Michael Gallant and mm-hmm. get that kind of yes. insight that I didn't have. Have. It was so informative. But right. to see that visioning happening before your eyes as well and to see the kinds of ideas that if they uh, are are possible with the city staff right around, you know, mm-hmm. saying that, you know, when they say let's make a little uh, green walkway when we redevelop this building, we'll put a walkway through the, the center of the block to connect Whatever to whatever, that I didn't even realize that stuff like that was possible. So that was mm-hmm. it was a huge benefit to be there.
0: Perhaps you should just, just explain that Michael Gallant is a, a local architect. He works with Let and he's responsible for a lot of uh, very progressive design. The new uh, proposed, I guess you call, it condominium complex down in Crescent Street. Yes, mm-hmm. th- that is a. And he's and also a uh,
3: DBI board member, and and he's he's a wonderful advocate of the downtown. A wonderful fellow, and he mm-hmm. is doing hundreds of hours for us on the downtown vibrancy program. And again, most of that... Pro bono. Yeah, pro but bono.
2: But, but, yeah. but in finding out about that condominium development, too, mm-hmm. I learned that there's a Crescent Street plan that I've yeah, never heard plan. referred yeah. to before. Yeah. And I want to know if plans like that are being considered and, and uh, adjunct to our overall plan that we're working on now. Or are, you know, because apparently all these little... Areas of the downtown often mm-hmm. have had thought put into their own
1: before. plans. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm meeting with Jeffrey Humble next week and he's the, I forget his title, but part of his role is to, planning. Na- yeah, okay, dir- yeah, but it's a little bit more than that too. But anyways, the official plan is under his portfolio. Um, so definitely I'll be talking to him about that. But yes, those, all those plans do need to be put into consideration when talking with the official plan because there's nothing worse than having two plans that contradict each other or don't work in, you know, work together. But going back to, you know, the design charrette. Definitely, it was a beautiful exercise. um But I, you know, and I kind of wish that more people were invited to it, or more people were able to go, because I think it really helps explain sort of like why things take so long. um Or an end meeting, yeah. It wasn't well attended. at planning,
2: disseminating information (laughs) so people know meetings are happening. Yeah,
1: yeah. Or putting them like
2: paper ads just don't cut it anymore. No. And I can always see the ramping up of that. So Mm. that really needs to happen.
1: Yeah, that's definitely something that I'd be looking
0: into. just to piggyback on your point, I mean, it was so wonderful for for a citizen. I mean, I was able to have a, a short conversation with the uh, the city staffer in in charge of fire safety and, and learn right. the trick yeah. about why mm-hmm. this is why streets have to be a certain width.
1: Exactly. It's, yeah, things that we don't we're not aware of or consider. But yeah, in terms of what downtown could look like, I mean, are we talking blue sky or are we talking realistic? But I think um, definitely one thing that I. I is a great idea is the daylighting of, of Jackson Creek, which essentially would be walking, you know, walking along Jackson Creek and removing all the cement or buildings that are built on top of it to make it visible. It would cost a lot. I mean, the city would have to buy some property that is on the, along the way, but I think that would be, I think, wow. It would really transform our downtown. I think it would be quite exciting You really
2: see the fun things that are happening down at um, Engage Engineering right along the rivers yes. of the King. Yeah. You yeah. You know, the, there's often yeah. art installations there during Arts yes. yeah. week, yeah. and yeah. a lot of that could be carried through the whole downtown to mm-hmm. the only cafe yeah. and beyond.
1: Yeah, I think it could be a great attraction. Sorry, no, Terry, No, go no, ahead. no, it's okay. The,
3: the, uh, and, and, Kemi, you're going to be excited about our potential <laughs> next project next year then for the vibrancy uh, because Michael Gallant and our downtown vibrancy team are really uh, – are really excited about wanting to open up that that waterway okay. in in the center of, of our downtown. Um, cool. I went on a bit of a, a rant and I didn't answer Jeff. I was talking about the <laughs> the, the the trajectory of of the businesses downtown.
0: Terry, right. you're, you're wearing a Harley Davidson shirt.
1: You can rant <laughs> and a ring. Did okay. you know i right. a ring?
0: Several rings. Uh,
3: I'm off duty right now. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I can dress more comfortably. <laughs> um, but the um, so so the bottom line is we are having more businesses open in the downtown that. Mm. Uh, than we have in in the past 20 to, to 30 years it's really healthy that w- that way mm-hmm. and my colleagues when they come to Peterborough, they go wow it's incredibly vibrant and believe it or not they they say there's there's little that we're seeing wrong with your downtown Th- they see a vibrant low vacancy uh rate they don't see an issue with with uh,
2: that that we mm. do. i guess we're too close to it sometimes i think that people don't yeah. understand too that if you go to kingston where you go to Oshawa, Mm -hmm. we all have the same problem. We all have the right. same downtown right. problems that everybody has. Toronto. Look how Toronto is yeah. dealing with the problems mm-hmm. that they've got. Right. So mm-hmm. I think we have to remember we aren't unique. We aren't yes. u- And and some of these
3: and a lot of these problems happened when they started closing proper facilities, uh, like Nichols, like the Nichols building, and and we stopped looking properly looking after the marginalized, and mm-hmm. and, and we lost track of affordable housing and keeping right. up on on the opioid crisis, and and things are coming to. Bite, bite, bite everybody in the ass because we haven't been on top of those things. But Jeff, you mentioned about can we not just target a store about an hour ago before I went on the raid? Uh, on, on the, on the <laughs> right. Now there, there is a program I'm interested in. And it's where you actually take a vacant building and mm. you actually put signage up. Wouldn't a yeah a, this, uh, you know a department yeah. Store. yeah department store be great mm-hmm. here? Or you know one thing we don't have in the downtown is a uh, a pet store. So you just put pet store wouldn't this be great at this location you can actually do a science that way and somebody drives by put a social media campaign and and then maybe somebody goes i've always wanted an open pet store what they don't have one in peterborough i mean we don't have a chinese restaurant so this would be a great great chinese restaurant spot i mean i can't right. believe we haven't got a
2: chinese restaurant but, no we, but,
0: we, think we don't we, no, not not. really we got like yeah.
2: Six yeah. Of time. not, not in downtown talking about strict your boundaries where you, you have mm. a strict boundary. That's true. That's I you true. know, mm-hmm. I don't think of the the Little Lake Plaza <laughs> being outside of the downtown. I right. uh, I even venture very slightly north of north into Northcrest to go to um, Brooklyn. I'm north not Plaza. allowed to. Very
1: rarely. <laughs> but I'm, you're I'm sitting in Northcrest to, uh, right now, Church. my friend. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> now, about our our arts community. Now, downtown Peter is a vibrant music and art scene. Mm-hmm. But what needs to happen to ensure that this scene th- uh, thrives and continues to attract? We've talked a bit about that. Uh, uh, but what are the opportunities just waiting to be born and coaxed to fulfillment? I, I, I'm thinking, uh, for example, of uh, the Theatre on King, which is uh, until a few months ago, was this tiny little black box theatre that sat maybe 30 people. Well, now they've moved next door, and uh Reinker, it seats about 70 people. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great little burgeoning success story. So mm-hmm. what else is just waiting to be born?
1: I think we need, again, we need to support the artists, right? And I, I forget the name of the fund, but there is a fund um, that uh, I believe every year artists can, you know, that that's part of the city budget, that artists can... uh Apply for is that a grant?
2: I the arts and culture, um, it's like the one that's one hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars a year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yes, but I we need that. to we need to improve that because I mean, really, one hundred twenty-eight well, thousand dollars a year is nothing. EC three, arts yeah. piece that mm. Kingston
2: spends five hundred thousand in. That yeah, fund.
1: yeah. Yes, and yes. it's important to um, I forget exactly what the stats are, but for every dollar that we spend in the arts, we get what what Ex was it like? Back. It was like yeah, thirty yes. bucks back or some, something ridiculous. Um, so the more yeah. that we invest in the actual artist community the more that we'll see results from that. So definitely monetary-wise as well, but um, also continue just to celebrate them and make sure people are aware of them. First Friday Art Crawl is an amazing, oh, amazing. event. That's first Friday taking- Art
2: Crawl, it, it's another one of these little successes. Yeah, Sub- remember that those kinds of events are put on Almost 100 percent through volunteer labor. Yes. you know, So yeah. we have these artists creating a scene, mm-hmm. and I swear to God, every time I go to Art Crawl, I see faces I never have seen before. Me too. So we are drawing people into yeah. the downtown from elsewhere in the mm-hmm. city. Yeah. And uh, we have to remember that. And how can the city support? That those actions. And like mm-hmm. Deb Reynolds is trying to run a creative right. space and yeah. she's scrambled for spaces. She was in she the has, sub yeah. store last winter. Mm-hmm. This year she's at St. Andrew's Church, I think. Yeah. But uh, is the city able to, to without her having to go through the granting process, mm-hmm. like oh, I see Provide that happening. space. can the city say, look at this thing that is happening? Mm-hmm. How can we step in to help ensure mm-hmm. that that continues you know there's all these people trying to pull together mm-hmm. to make a scene happen and we want to make sure that they are on uh are supported financially or in some mm-hmm.
1: way mm-hmm. no that's a good point would you would you be in favor of like a artist hub where everything's concentrated or slightly more spread out where maybe mini hubs that are spread out around the ward or perhaps even the city
2: well i i pointed out that hub that was just launched in yes. Toronto, yeah. which is, and you know, Annie Jagger has mentioned many times that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have this innovation cluster that mm-hmm. supports and gives people, some people, if you're under 30, I think free desk space for a year right. to yeah. help get your business going.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How are we not helping young artists, artists the get same. their career yeah. going? Because, mm-hmm. it, because we, there's a perception that an artist can't. Uh, is, is not an equivalent to an entrepreneur. Right. Artists are yeah. entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So there's a disconnect between an entrepreneurial hub and how mm-hmm. can we don't have a comparable thing for for artists. artists.
1: Yeah. Well, Jeff, I think the city could look into partnerships for sure to make that available. I mean, the
2: city partners with the innovation cluster, I assume. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. What Even why, if there was a space the within the artists. innovation
2: cluster that allowed artists to flourish. Mm-hmm.
1: No, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And and, and with the same model, you, you, you actually have uh, in the innovation cluster, you you have sponsors who sponsor That's that right. particular booth. So That's why right. not somebody sponsor that particular artist? It's but right. but it's also there, there's two ways to t- to take a bridge. And the the other way is, you know, the the city and organization like us. I think we've been showing a bit of a lead with using art the artists a lot more in our community. No,
2: and you've supported the art crawl. You've jumped on board yep. with that. I appreciate that.
3: And we we also um, have reached into the mire of that public arts fund at the city and 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 reintroduced it to w- through the mural program um but you're going to really love uh um now we've segwayed from the mural program in, into uh the vibrancy program but mm. but we do have another a new arts uh, initiative that a new public art initiative we're going to hope to launch next year. So we're in early, we're in early discussions uh, about moving that forward, but I think you're really going to be excited about it.
1: Oh, Can you shit, give us I'll, I'll tell you. Offline. Yeah. Offline. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, <guess>. well, <laughs>
3: well, I think no. Peterborough on the map as far as, as a public art, uh, tourism a- attraction. We don't have something like like that. Like uh, um, I got so so. Uh, there's a group a group of us working on something. I think we're going to put it through the vibrancy program.
0: Uh, well, the EC three people are, are talking about uh, plans for the future that would include having a Peterborough Nuit Blanche. Now Nuit Blanche Ooh. in Toronto. Uh, Jeff, you, you and I went to Nuit Blanche. Once uh, yes, we did. Yeah. What is Nuit Blanche in Toronto?
2: It's just an all-night art festival all around the downtown, but often it's spreading now. This year, mm-hmm. it was centralized out of Scarborough. I didn't know that. Yep. So Okay. So,
0: so th- that's in the wings for Peter. I, I, before we, we begin to get into the landing phase here, I've heard a lot about when people talk about downtown, there's this phrase, why can't they do anything about the pavement? The sidewalks are so rough, <laughs> and I mean, I can, you know, uh, yeah. my mother uh, was in a walker, than a wheelchair, her last four years here in Peterborough, and moving her around downtown Peterborough on a wheeled vehicle, I suddenly understood, mm-hmm. it is tough. I mean, yeah, we uh, have I to make believe, it more accessible. I
2: can't believe Simcoe Street in front of the bus terminal is so rough. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> that the, yeah, street our, is our is an embarrassment. Driving over that all yeah. the time. Yeah, That's yeah, crazy.
2: yeah. Well.
3: Uh, i 'm going to get a little uh, emotional here, but i mean it, I think there 's been too many years of neg- neglect from from city hall about investing in the downtown and okay. um, uh, we have we have haven 't blinked about putting You know, 50 million at the airport and going to throw another 20 million there, millions and millions and millions, and, and we have not properly, and when I say we, not us, the DBI has invested heavily in the downtown, but the city has not invested enough in the downtown. Um, we're gonna see a nice urban park. We're right. going to see Charlotte Street redone. Right. There's a yeah. lot of positive Everything. things there. But really, the last big item, uh, other than the library, which I think was, uh, there's a lot of mistakes, I think, with, with the design and, and uh, that structure. Why couldn't you build, uh, uh, apartments above that? Uh, yes. housing and affordable housing above it. So you have a dedicated clientele for the library. So what a waste of space there. Um, this is my opinion,
1: Um, (laughs) but
3: but the last major, major investment they did is Millennium Park. Sure. And, Mm -hmm. and so let's invest in in that. And yes, there's a lot of infrastructure
2: that's, that's really being, but if we can't uh, get the city to buy in on putting that second level on the library to put housing above there. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to manage it, Peterborough housing or somebody. If we can't get the city to buy in on stuff like that, how are we ever going to get developers to buy in on stuff like that? Well, aren't they mm-hmm. starting to see the crunch now? Uh, of of not
3: of not doing those spaces of intensification, mm-hmm. and and now it's all coming back and biting biting them butt. The good news is, people out there don't despair out there in Peterborough land. Listen to this podcast. We've got a new, I think, the one of the most uh, intelligent councils we've had in twenty or thirty years, mm-hmm. and and I think we've got a very diverse council and a very progressive council, and 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 I believe that the next four years are going to be some wonderful years for Peterborough. When you look at who's in the leadership role at Peterborough Economic Development, at the mm-hmm. City of Peterborough, and the Mayor's Chair, uh, dare I say, at the DBIA, and the Chamber of Commerce, we've got, a, I think, a dream <laughs> team in place that works together. That 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 cares about this community and people like Cammy are going to take us. Uh, uh, take, I feel very confident in the downtown in Peterborough over the next years with with this council in place. So
0: now I yeah. thank you Terry. I, I would be remiss if I didn't give just some airtime to Peterborough as a hockey town. Where is the new arena going to go, oh, and could that be downtown? You want me
1: to take this one? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I know what Terry's answer is going to be. Uh, I mean, yeah, Peterborough definitely is a hockey town. Uh we do need to fix Memorial, either fix Memorial Center or build a new one. Um there have been a lot of ideas that have been bandied around for location. I am not in favor of raising down uh, no frills to do that. I will vote against that if that ever was the case. Um, yeah, I think putting it in uh, what's the plaza? That's with the, Margaret uh, Plaza. M- Margaret Plaza. I mean, I think that's a, a, a is it a location to look at? But I mean, I, I I do like where it is. I don't necessarily think it has to be downtown. But I think that we could y- we could do a better job at drawing people downtown who are going to those games. Come have dinner first, and then go to the game, or go to the game. Come have dinner afterwards, or have a couple of drinks. Um, have, a have a shuttle bus. <laughs> have a shuttle bus or the tra- trolley, sure. uh, and then get home safely. Yeah, I
2: yep. think we have to remember too that that we can't have these one-purpose buildings. I mean, yes. the, the Memorial yeah. Center yeah. is empty and nothing happens and at 270 days a year yep. 270 days yes. a year there's nothing going on there so we have to make sure we build buildings multi-use and invest space. in infrastructure yep. that has multi-use and yep. is available at, at many different scales for many different groups so yep,
1: I would was, agree with
2: that this was our pitch to, to City Council when Michael and I did our pitch
1: mm-hmm.
3: about the Guelph model and I agree with you Kemi could,
0: could you explain the
3: Guelph model sure yeah. sure but first about the no frills I agree mm-hmm. uh, a downtown with a growth Grocery store is a major yes. blessing. Yes. Every BIA says we are so blessed because we have two. We have yeah. no frills. Yeah. and We have fresco. Right. If you want to intensify and have people living downtown, you got to have grocery stores. Um, so I don't like that. Plus, I think there and schools you, and there's a lot. Yeah, and schools. <laughs> there's a lot better use for for a facility by the water than a hockey community So a, yeah. I think Market Plaza. But and, and the Guelph model is, very simply, because we're running out of time, you can have developers pay for uh pay for a large portion of the construction of your arena by giving them the property to build the condos, build affordable housing. Uh you can knock off a lot of, of check marks on your on your needs lists uh and, and the city has got a, a lot of property there in bad disrepair, might I add. Look across from Holiday and that little section by Market Plaza, all this grassy knoll there uh but they own quite a lot of land there and plus the old public works yard we can do a major mm-hmm. development there we can clean up a really outdated 1976 uh architecture
2: a multi-use facility a
3: multi-use mm-hmm. facility with proper housing overlooking our most uh, precious uh uh p- part in the city uh the, the the little lake and uh i think we can um i and we're going to continue to make a strong pitch for market plaza as the location
0: but if if
3: uh, Council sees uh, that this is value for for that amount of money. And that's a tough decision. It to is, that yeah. On your plate. That's,
1: that's a lot of money,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay, we're down to last words. Last impressions. One to leave people with. Downtown.
1: Thank so you. I, no, you uh, go ahead, Jeff. I, 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 I love the, the downtown.
2: Words. I'd like to see it prosper. I like a lot of the things that are happening, mm-hmm. and I feel very positive about where we're going, so...
1: You go ahead. I'll have the last word. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You've been told, Terry.
3: <laughs> Look, the the downtown is a phenomenal place. Uh, if you haven't been down there, give it a chance. If you have, uh, if you love downtown and you and and use it uh, daily, thank you very much. Uh, it is the place where local stores are, where where the local economy is, and where uh, where your neighbors, your friends uh, work, and uh, and where their jobs are. So uh, please continue to understand that its ecosystem worth uh, maintaining It's 32% of the commercial tax base. It's essential to keep healthy.
0: Hey,
1: All right, Bill, thanks for having us on the show. Um, similar to what um, my colleagues here, whose names are forgotten temporarily, have said, <laughs> um, I love the downtown. Um, part of the reason I ran in Town Ward is because the downtown is located in Town Ward. Um, and for folks who you know are a little bit apprehensive about coming downtown, send me a message, shoot me an email. I'm happy to give you a tour around, show you all my favorite spots and perhaps, um, you know, you'll get a better sense of what it is that I see when I go downtown. Um, I am really excited for the next four years and, you know, the next 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, yeah. And I think the downtown has a lot to, to to show for that and I'm just really excited about it.
0: Okay. Wonderful. And thank you so much, Kemi akpo Terry Gile, and Jeff Macklin. Thank you so much for joining us. And just before we wander off into the sunset, Our schedule for next week, we'll hold a panel on politics and social media, or social media in politics, and in two weeks, that'll be November 27th, we'll be talking about practical actions we can take in Peterborough to encourage the growth of the arts community. Please join us again every Tuesday, 9 p.m., Trent Radio, 92.7 in your dial. If you miss us on the radio, you can download the show the next day at PintsandPolitics.ca. Until next time, this is Bill Templeman